You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Fellow adventurers, it's time to continue Scavenger's last hunt. Uh, might as well be honest with honest now. This is the last part that has actually been made. Because after it was made, he the GM just discovered, oh wait, there's a lot of things I've got to set up first. You know how it happens. Oh, oh, then this guy comes in. Oh. Wait, I haven't explained who this guy is. Uh, guess I've got to wipe that. In. Oh, wait. No, I have to do something else to explain that. I have to do something else to explain that. You have to do something else to explain that. Something else to explain that. And so on. And, and it takes a while. Alright, this is part nine. Taking flight. At the conclusion of the previous part. As you warily cross the wide chamber, your eyes are drawn to a massive, rounded boulder dominating the centre of the womb. A myriad of arcane symbols has been carved into the uneven surface of the giant rock. Laugh us out of here in a moment, says Obwinar, quite breathlessly, as he starts to move around you and approach the stone. Almost reflexively, your right arm shoots to the side, at level with Obwinar's feet, preventing him from taking another step. Something isn't right. For several long, tense moments, you find yourself avoiding just what it is that has suddenly wild your every instinct. Then, slowly, deliberately, its movements and demeanour devoid of any discernible aggression or hostility, the terrible answer to your unspoken question steps out from behind the rock. And now, what in the name of? Abner's voice abruptly stops. 
unnerved by the sudden silence, returned to find the mage and his family inexplicably frozen in place. Looks of horror spread across the unmoving faces of poor people, four people now solely in your charge, hoping that they're still alive. You, you, you immediately return your gaze, gaze to the hulking, shadowy, vaguely humanoid figure now standing before the massive rock. A short series of laboured breaths suddenly gives way to a deep, echoing voice that fills the chamber. It has been a long time, my friend, though perhaps not quite as long as you might think. Do you remember me? Let us see. The shadowy figure, its hawking form, seemingly shrieking with every breath drawn, slowly steps away from the boulder into the flickering awe of the dying lantern. You watch in a mix of fascination and terror as the figure continues to shrink from its original imposing side, its features rapidly changing as they come into focus. You stifle a gasp when the figure, now human-sized, raises its head and reveals a smiling face, familiar visage, devoid of even the slightest trace of malice. It is the face of Emlet Halia, a woman you've come to know as both a trusted friend and valiant companion. Emlet Halia, a voice distinctly recognisable, although, though strangely muffled, winks at you before pacing her arm across a midsection and dipping into a low brow. The other's with you, she says, most signing. Well, I've seen nothing of this. They are, after all, quite inconsequential to the business which concerns us. Yes, us. The figure of Emilitalia suddenly undergoes a rapid and amazing transformation. In a matter of moments, the young woman before you is gone, replaced by a tall, frail woman, whose hands clutch the haft of his oaken staff. Immediately recognised the sorceress Coratel. You must be certain of your allies, for these are strange times, and yours is a most precarious errand, says the sorceress, whose pursed lips manage only the slightest trace of a smile. Would of course prove a far easier road were you to abandon this foolish notion that your destiny is somehow linked to the ambitions of those le- lesser spirits who would seek to guide you. I do not take you for a fool, and yet we find ourselves embroiled in matters both perilous and ultimately insignificant. In the blink of an eye, Coratel morphs into an armoured man, Lustace, though instantly recognisable, appears to be years younger than you remember. How can you be sure any of us are who you think we are? asks Captain Mallock, the fierce intensity of his searching gaze making you uneasy. The power you struggle against is not of this world. It slips into the minds of those who choose to remain oblivious to it, controls their thoughts. Their actions, their every breath, through never in any outwardly perceptible way. I can be sure that those you've come to trust are worthy of that trust. Your pace quickens, 
as the figure of Captain Malark suddenly changes to that of Tarlanin, the roguish acquaintance of Amnitalia, who followed Scavenger's trail to Krillbok. You can't believe any everything you're told, says Tarlanin, smirking. Do you really need to ask yourselves what it is you're hoping to accomplish? Then you might just be able to know what you should believe. What you need to believe. Not just what you want to believe. If you shouldn't trust who you thought you could. Then maybe you need to start trusting those you thought you couldn't. Okay, someone's just messing with me. Tarlin's face. Smirking face swiftly melts away. Replaced by the sinister, glowing countenance of a man whose dark, lifeless eyes appear to only hint at a deeper gloom, now ravishly consuming his corrupted, tormented soul. And yet, despite the sense of dread that accompanies the haunting stare of Gunnarus, he detects something else, dim, almost imperceptible, lurking behind. Made his cold gaze. As unlikely as it seems, the presence you are unable to readily identify seems to momentarily fill you with a renewed sense of hope. Notion has only just slipped in amongst your your wasting thoughts when Glenora speaks, his words confirming your suspicions. Yes, it is hope you feel, says Glenoras, his voice stronger than you ever remember having heard it. I cannot say what that it is not false hope, for indeed it may prove to be. But we can ill afford to ignore its presence. You sense it. I have long known it. By my own admission, hope itself, if carried too long, its promises unrealised, becomes little more than a worrisome burden, and a stinging reminder of opportunities forsaken. We, you and I, must not allow it to happen. Do you even recognise me, Zoop? Is this how you've always seen me? You mustn't believe what others... Look, look, I know you want to take down Woundskin, Glenoris. But it is for your own ends. And you'll put... Admittedly, your own ends are probably a lot more limited than Woundskin's. So, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with that. But then, I'm going to stop you. From doing whatever your own schemes are. You suddenly realise Gnorus is no longer standing before you in his place. A flowing green world seemingly affected by a breeze you cannot feel. Is <laughs> Talinala Bailwood, the young and powerful steward of Fogborough. The sorceress, her gaze focused ahead, though not directly on you, speaks softly. Or as if she fears being overheard. You will return to us before all, all of this is over, she said, suddenly shifting her eyes to reach a bewildered stare. Do you remember? I think, I think you've not yet learned what it is I hope you will remember. There's still time for that. But perhaps it will prove to be the least of all things. You're certain you can trust us? All of us? Any of us? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna fight whichever whatever evils before me. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
You're again startled. Winterlania's face instantly transforms into that of Agnet Helia. The old woman, her voice still strangely muffled, speaks slowly, as if struggling to enunciate each and every word. It is all entirely backward, she says. Those you considered closest to you must remain decent. Those you distrusted, even despised, must be brought closer this is ever to end. Do you understand? Do you believe me? You must. Mustn't you? The figure before you rapidly melts away, leaving its wake only a towering, hulking silhouette. A fearsome voice, like the deep rumble of distant thunder, devoid of even the slightest semblance of emotion, pours out of the very core of the dark figure and echoes throughout the chamber. You have little difficulty recognising the voice of Wornskin. Yet again! You make me question my own judgment, snarls the voice of the immortal Ark. Do you know where you're going? Do not answer until you've given it an appropriate measure of thought. You continue to strive towards folly, a grand folly, where awaits a consequence beyond even my reckoning. Your shining purpose, perceived only by me, lends you a fleeting moment of significance in an otherwise cold and empty eternity. Woundskin's voice falls silent, and for nearly a minute you stand motionless before the beast's towering silhouette, oddly certain he is not present in any physical sense but nevertheless unable to bring yourself to either move or speak. At last, his terrible voice again sounds out of the shadows. Well, which is it? Do you know where you're going, or are you lost? A fateful decision. Inexplicably, you fear your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you're about to make. Alright, so, I can tell him I know where I'm going, tell him I'm lost, remain silent, or attack Woundskin Silhouette. I, that, attacking Woundskin Silhouette while being very satisfi satisfying, it won't do anything because he's not really here. Indeed, it might just be the, be the distraction might just put give me the distraction he needs to do something I'm gonna remain silent as the silence filling the chamber deacons you resist the urge to speak despite a keen desire to ask your own questions of the great beast those imposing shadow stands only a few feet away suddenly the towering figure of gloom before you dissipates the countless strands of shadow that swiftly shiver, shiver away into the surrounding darkness. It is at that precise moment that the last vestige of the silhouette has vanished that you hear a low, reassuring voice calling your name from somewhere to your left, whipping your head in the direction of the sound. Your, your eyes come to rest on yet another unexpected sight.
standing just within arm's reach. A translucent form, partially obscured by the deep gloom at the edge of the lantern's dying light, is a woman whose haunting beauty never seems to stray far from your thoughts. Celebrella smiles, though you sense an unspoken urgency behind the reassuring expression. In the next instant, your mind is filled with vivid memories of your parting from Telebra, now Thane Thorlan, and Port Halley, yes. I too fondly recall when I last looked upon you, she says, her broad smile swiftly swinking. We will see each other again. There need be no fear of that. There is much that lies between then and now. Do not distrust your own feelings, Oop. Never despair. Strength and courage will guide and carry you when reason seems to twist into madness and when hope seems an impossible dream. So, proving ground six ties into this too. This thing's tying up everything, nearly. Let's see. We've got uh, the things tied to this. There's the Blade of Mazak, Wackner's Mad, the Woundskin Saga. We've kind of, we've cut, we've sort of proving grounds four. A brief mention of proving grounds five, but that might have been optional. And now proving ground six, and probably more. And there's the Whispered Madness Saga, will tie, will tie into what comes next. Can't tie into this. Scene because it was made after this scene. Although it does hint at the sort of thing, themes that Whispered Madness develops. Telebra, the faint outline of a smile beginning to replace what had become a toxic expression, takes a step back, obscuring much of herself in the surrounding shadows. I will wait for you, she says. A voice seemingly rushing at you from all directions. I've always waited, Zoop. I wrote abandoned hope. Not when so much now depends on it. Let there be hope for all all of this. And for us. Almost completely overcome by a sudden flood of emotion, you reach out for Telebra, telling her that you will not give up on hope, and that you will see her again. With that through your outstretched fingers brush against her translucent form Telebra steps back steps further back into the shadows and vanishes Zoop the soft voice to your right suddenly startles you though you immediately recognise it to be the voice of Emnet Halia something about it seems different turning towards the sound you are relieved to find a transparent likeness of the young spellcaster standing within the shrinking ring of light cast by the lantern. Remember, Zoop, it is only us with which we need to concern ourselves, she says, her voice no longer muffled. There are those who would do you and me great harm to bring about their ends. There are those who would do the same. But at harm, through not even realise it. You must trust yourself enough to decide who it is you can... Trust. Please know that I do not exclude myself from such an appraisal. You must decide whether or not you can trust 
those who are close to you now and in the days that lie ahead. Can you trust me? It's not for me to say. And I no longer know. Well, you're not you, so this question is completely irrelevant at this juncture. You're obviously not Aimlet Haler. There is no way she'd be here. And also, she wouldn't have shapeshifted into several other people. Yes. Unwilling to allow the vision of Emnet Haler to disappear without asking her some of the countless questions churning in her mind, you quickly rattle off several more pressing queries. To dismay, she smiles and begins to fade from view. You will know, and you will decide. Don't abandon hope. As the last flickering trace of the young woman vanishes, a gentle whisper slips into your thoughts. It's terrible message shaking you to the core. Kill the innkeeper. The whisper swiftly diminishes into a chorus of strange sounds before ultimately falling silent. Suddenly jolted back to the presence, you turn to find Obwinar, Tillinia, and the two girls moving up to the large rock. Despite all that occurred here in the last several moments, it is abundantly clear as the image of Emily Haley told you, that none of them witnessed any of it. Obuna, clutching at the spluttering lantern, is the first to reach the boulder. The innkeeper places his hand on the rock and slowly rubs it across several of the carved symbols. I can do it, he says, as if attempting to reassure himself. I just need a few minutes. Girls, stay close to your mother. All of you, come over here. You need to be with me when I prepare our escape. I just need a few minutes to remember the pattern. Disregarding his instruction, you make your way to the chamber's entrance and glance back along the dark passage. Nothing stirs in the gloom. Ah. Hmm. I presume... I presume that Jurek has done something so incredibly awesome and heroic that 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 the advances of the gazillions of Otorok has been stopped for a while. Obrado repeats his demand, telling you to come over and stand with his family, who sense he is both nervous and fatigued. You only hope you'll be able to make good on his promise to get the five of you to safety. As you retreat from the threshold, never taking your eyes off the chamber's entrance, your thoughts turn to Jurek. Your last recollection of your friend and companion is a haunting image that leaves you fearful of his fate. Despite your refusal to abandon help, hope, you can't hope but think that the troll hunter, if he still lives, may never leave these dark, twisted tunnels. You're nearly to the boulder when the soft crunch of a steep pressing step pressing into the earth reaches your ears from the mouth of the passage. Obuda, momentarily distracted from his toils by the unnerving sound, stares wide-eyed across the chamber, Tulia, drawing her daughters closer, 
leaned back against a massive stone, her fearful gaze fixed on the entrance. He told Obrenna to hurry along with whatever it is he needs to do before boldly crossing the room, steering herself at every step to face whatever danger the single ominous sound likely portends. Probably Otoruk. Your pulse quickens as the soft crunch of several more footfalls sound in the darkness of the passage, just beyond the chamber's threshold. Drawing yourself into combat-ready stance, you lock your gaze into a tur- curtain of gloom that momentarily separates you from whatever is stalking along the tunnel. Suddenly, Obrenada shouts something, but you pay no heed to his cry. In the next instant, a pair of Otorok steps silently into the chamber, their swaying, rigid movement, a sight that always serves to elicit a twinge of fear and revulsion. You call out to your companions to stay back as you move to position yourself between them and the advancing Otorok, as the first of the two sinister automatons draws to within melee range, you rush forward and attack. Alright, I've got the Oakwood Wad equipped. I'm ready to fight Otorok. Quick combat. It is slain. 17 XP and a chance to heal. Stepping over the room, the shattered remains of the first Otorok. You're about to engage the second when your wooden iron foe swipes out of you with unexpected swiftness. Picking a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from agility. 10 from body, 10 from luck. Got to get 75 or more, or get clocked on the head. Pick now. 46, failure. The iron-tipped end of the Otorok's sturdy limb stands into the side of your head, knocking you sideways. 41 damage. Momentarily stunned, with your head throbbing, you manage to stand your feet and move to counter your foe's attack. Alright, it's an Otorok. Quick combat it, and it is slain for another 17 XP. Two more Otoroks side by side, trail closely by a third, step into the chamber and advance upon you, praying that Orbunar will quickly and successfully complete whatever it is he's doing. You hold your ground and engage the first of your three foes, Otorok. Quick combat, it is slain, 17 XP. Breathing hard, you duck, duck a nasty swipe from the second Otorok before swiftly engaging the sinister wood and iron being. Quick combat! It is slain. 17 XP. The third Otorok, its left arm missing below, below its iron-jolted elbow, steps over the remains of its fallen brethren and attacks. I presume Jiri got a few blows on this one. Quick combat. And it is slain. 15 XP. You look up from the splintered remains of your slain foes to find four more Otorok have entered the chamber and are moving towards Obunar and his family. Oh no you don't! As you rush to intercept them, the innkeeper, his hands furiously passing over the various symbols carved into the rock. He shouts that he's nearly ready. Your spirits temporarily buoyed by his pronouncement. You charge into battle, determined to reduce your oak and iron enemies to heaps of debris. The first of the four Otoroks turns to face you as you draw to within striking distance. 
This is an Otorok, and I'm going to quick combat it. And I have, it is slain, 15 XP. As the first Otorok collapses at your feet, you spin your white and engage the second. Another Otorok, quick combat, 17 XP. The Amulet of Devastation helps you score one roll of 20. Oh, that's good. The third Otorok is immediately upon you. Swiping out savagely with its iron-tipped wooden limbs. It's an Otorok. Quick combat. It is slain. Alright, 17 XP. You leap over the splintered heap at your feet. And launch a fierce attack on the fourth Otorok. Alright, quick combat. Ooh, ooh, it's... Alright, it's stunned now. I'll take it. Okay, I, I've been wounded so much, I'm on the... Oh, the Otorok is stunned. I'll take this opportunity to heal myself. And heal myself again, and heal myself again. Okay, swipes it through its iron-tipped wooden limbs. Gets stunned again. Yeah, that wad really comes in handy. It is slain. And now, I'm going to quit going to take this opportunity to heal. Because when you're in a proving grounds, whenever you can heal, do. Because you never know when they might just throw a huge, a huge con combat conger at you. As you step back from the remains of the 4-0 truck, the sound of countless footfalls pressing into the earthen floor of the tunnel reaches your ears. Realising you cannot hope hope to hold back an entire legion of the wood and iron menaces, you swiftly retreat and take up position left, left next to Ornbra, Tilinia, and their two daughters. We're going to open the gate, says Ornbra, standing from his clouched position at the base of the boulder. You can only pass through one time. The girls will go first, the mother will follow, and you will follow her. I need to need to stay here to keep it open long enough for you to pass through. Alright, yep, yep. Of course. You immediately express your concern to the innkeeper, telling him it would be best if you were the last to enter the gate. He seems to give your notion a moment of consideration, but then shapes his head. No, he says, frowning. It will close as soon as I step into it. Just do as I've said, and we'll all get out of here. Tolly, Tolly, with any luck, it's going to bring us to the shack. Girls, when you press through the date, you have to wait wherever you end up. The rest of us will be right behind you. A low rumble suddenly erupts out of the passage and echoes through the chamber. You whip your head in the direction of the fearsome sound and watch as a towering figure of shadow, a silhouette blacker than the darkness that surrounds it, begins to emerge from the gloom. It's ready, cries Obudar, stepping back from the rock and pressing his hand together. Step back. There. It's open. As your eyes shift from the advancing figure of shadow to the boulder, another rumble, louder and more savage than the first, echoes throughout the chamber. You watch as Tolinia ushers her daughters towards the inky, churning vortex set against the base of the massive rock. She quickly embraces them both before sending them, in turn, into the portal. <sighs> At least they're out. Zoop, listen to Arbrunner. 
she calls as she prepares to step into the gate and hurry. With that, she disappears into the swirling portal. You glance back at the towering silhouette that continues to cross the chamber. In only a matter of moments, it will be upon you. Turning to, ga to gaze at Obuna, you're startled when a gentle whisper again slips in, in amongst your thoughts, repeating a sinister message that once more leaves you shaken. Kill the innkeeper! As you reluctantly head towards the portal, Obuna steps back, his terrified stare fixed on the approaching shadow. So, three options. Step into the portal... Insist to Obrina that we go first. That we don't have time to argue. No, no, we don't have time. That will just cause an argument. That whatever few seconds, whatever if the the time the time that he'll gain by telling him to go first will be used by me telling him to go first. Or I could kill Obrina. Well, honestly, there's no real good reason to do that. Just a lot of voices, which... Just a whole load of people that were almost certainly wound skin in disguise. Or one of his agents. Or possibly some other conspiracy. And they haven't even... None of them gave a reason. they just vaguely discerning stuff about not trusting people. Or maybe you should trust people. No, I'm, I'm going to step into the portal. Abuna, follow immediately after. Actually, I am, I've got time to talk to you. Step into the portal. You flash a quick look at Abuna before stepping into the portal. He returns your glance and nods as he begins to move towards the gate. In the next instance, everything goes black. And you find yourself tumbling headlong through a cold, lightless void. As you tumble through the frigid darkness, a vague, nagging fear starts to set in. For you cannot put your finger on the source of the unsettling feeling. You can only surmise that it is related to, to a sudden uncertainty about your current circumstance. Just as your fear begins to turn into despair, a soft whisper, its undecipherable message, Initially, little more than a jumble of indistinct sounds fills your head. Slowly, steadily, the whispered words take form. Weaving a rushed, hushed warning that does little to allay your growing fear. This is a trap. The whispered voice abruptly falls silent, leaving you alone, bewildered and fearful as you continue to plummet headlong through the frozen void. Just when the onset of panic seems in mistake inescapable, the darkness around you melts away. It's frigid gloom, replaced by a scene that is, in the same breath, both terrifying and heartening. Now standing on solid ground, well, not the worst option. You struggle to again, again, you struggle to regain both your balance and your bearings as your vision clears and your newfound surroundings come slowly into focus. You're standing in the middle of a grassy expanse, beneath a dusky, crowd-filled sky. Winging the sprawling field is the darkling, 
jagged edge of the forest. It is not, however, the immediate surroundings that are of immediate concern. Drawing in around you, <coughs> their movement, swift and rigid, is a silent legion of no less than six dozen Ochoak. The army of wood and iron beings, moving almost in unison, continues to close in as you hurriedly attempt to determine your next and best course of action. With no sign of Obrina, Talunia, or your daughters, you are overcome by the horrifying notion that your vague fears and the sediment of the strange voice have just been summarily confirmed. You've been tendered into a well-laid trap. With each, with each, mo- with each long moment that passes, your faceless enemy is steadily drawing tighter making even the most remote possibility of escaping from this deadly snare less and less likely. Inexplicably emboldened by the prospect of facing such seemingly insurmountable odds, you assume a defensive stance, determined to take as many of the co- as many of the co-cursed co- Odorok as you can. Is that at the exact moment where fear seems to no longer be a viable word, you vividly recall the words spoken to you by a vision of Telebra. We will see each other again. There need be no fear of that. But much, but there is much that lies between there and now. Do not distrust your own feelings, Soup, and never despair. Strength and courage will guide and carry you when reason seems to twist into madness, when hope seems an impossible dream. With the words of Telebra echoing in your mind, you momentarily turn your eyes skyward and pray for the safety of those now seemingly beyond your reach, then seemingly resigned to the grim likelihood that your own demise may be imminent. You lower your gaze and move to face down the encroaching horde. And that is the end of this part... Part 10 is not yet available because there's a whole lot of stuff that's got to happen first. And I also got 256 experience to general. Okay, this is a bit of a cliffhanger to leave it on. It's very much, I think, Bolivian army ending. I think that's the trope. Where the situation is looks really hopeless but there's just a chance he could get out of it especially considering he's a really tough guy and other people could turn up maybe I could maybe by using powers I could take down a a dozen or so of them and then then if I can manage to position myself to take them on one at a time, I might be able to... I might just be able to survive. Hmm. Yeah, this is going to be a toughie. You know, when it happens, it won't be for a while, because part 10 is not yet available. And now that, that is it. That is the end of 
Scavenger's Last Hunt. And now let's just check the adventures. I think that is actually pretty much it for this. I think I think we've I think I've covered pretty much everything now. But the game does adapt. Right, well, I'm saving now. Just check any scenarios. Oh, there's battles in the ruins. Hmm. Well, there's one thing. I could. There is a special wing I can get, which. Which unlocks which locks another dungeon, hmm. but it does cost fifty ATs. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll do it on another character. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that that's that's what I'll do. Okay, so the next one. I will. I guess I'll be on another character. I will be visiting the camp of the painted peddler, and acquiring Wagner, Vakra's wing of motley wonder. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.